Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now a word from our sponsor. Moms are always on the move and the city of Mesa understands getting where you need to go quickly and safely isn't just a priority, it's an expectation. That's why we are proactive with our transportation plans. Check out the 2020 Transportation Bond Program at mesaaz.gov slash mesamoves to learn about Mesa's plans to grow our roadways and bike paths, improve congestion, and make commuting safer for everyone. Hey y'all, Katie here, founder of Mom Nation and co-host of Mom Nation Unscripted, where we share inspirational stories, useful information, and we discuss a variety of women-related topics. I am here to tell you that today, this show is the very last episode of season four. Can't believe it's already done, but it is. And we've decided to go through our season and pick out some some valuable points, some tearjerker moments, and some really interesting pieces from all of those shows to share with you today as kind of like a best of Mom Nation Unscripted season four. I hope you enjoy. Really, really a young mom, and I didn't know what I was doing. I thought every single thing that I did was going to have these lasting, permanent, scarring consequences on my kids. And I was so afraid of that, you know, knowing that I didn't have my stuff together and that I was impacting them. And then I, you know, over the years in school and my own work, I realized that's just not true. There's always time to redo it. There's always time to repair. And so that's my favorite part about working with moms is offering that sense of peace. Like, Hey, by the way, you didn't permanently mess them up. Like, let's go ahead and just we can start today. It's okay. What's what's ever happened in the past is okay. We can start that repair right now. And that's, that's my favorite thing. That was the best thing I ever learned really. Was the, that what you just said just was really relieving to me. Anybody else? Right? Like you can always, there's some Buddha quote like that. There (laughs) is, there's a Buddha quote like that, that says, you know, something like just breathe. You can begin again or something like that. Yes. And it's true. That's the truth. The past is over. The history is over, you know, the, their memories now and they're not still happening and we can stop now and start something different. Not even just today, but in every single minute, like people say one day at a time, or it'll be better tomorrow. I literally, sometimes ladies, it's one minute at a time, like one minute at a time. And you can always make that change. You can always choose to do it differently. And the repairs with kids are so powerful. They're so much more powerful than the, um, you know, than the rifts, than the, than the breaks, right? We, we mess something up and we think, oh, oh my gosh, you know, like I've just damaged them. But it's like, all we really have to do is go back and say, hey, you know what? That was my bad. I was distracted and I was stressed out and I, I reacted, you know, too much. I overreacted in that situation and I didn't mean to do that. So then the kid's like, oh, okay, great. So you think that I'm a human being with feelings. That's all I really needed to know, right? That's mm-hmm. all they really want to know. They want to mm-hmm. know that we're, that they have value as a person and that we care about their feelings and they're separate from us and we acknowledge them as humans. And so we can just do that. And then it turns out they're fine. We move on. I love what that teaches them also. 
because think about like putting myself back in teenage years. It's almost, I just almost got really overwhelmed. Right. Like all of those feelings. Uh, Yeah. Like think about being a teenager and not feeling like it and feeling like you can fail. Yeah. Like not that you're trying. Right. Sure. Right. But, (laughs) But you can fail because it's cool because you know what? Sometimes my mom fails. Mm-hmm. And she just owns it, and we have better communication after that, or you know, it, it enhances our relationship. Yeah, for sure. Think about trust in relationships, right? Think about our husbands and our wives, like when we communicate with them in that way. That's mm-hmm. really all we're looking for. Can you imagine if your spouse came to you and said, "You know what? I was really stressed out about work today, and I feel like I didn't, I wasn't really attuning to you, and I wasn't really there for you, and that's my fault. And I want you to know that I am here for you. So now here's the space." that we can talk about what you're going through. I'd be like, okay, gosh, you know, thank you so much. Like that's, that's really all anybody wants. That's it. Well, and I think also when you go to your children and you say, Hey, I messed up, like you're the parental authoritative figure. So that does even more than anyone else saying that to them. Um, you know, they look up to you, like Katie said. So if you can be that person to say, Hey, I messed up and that wasn't right. And Mm -hmm don't allow people to talk to you like that. I shouldn't have either. Like that's huge. Yes. Um, and it shows them that, Hey, that wasn't acceptable, whether it's my mom or whoever. And now it's teaching them their own boundaries. That's exactly what I was going to say. You're empowering them with the ability to say, Hey, I was wrong. You know, I, I am, I'm sorry. And how, um, if you can teach that and instill that in them now as a teen, imagine how much better their relationships are going to be growing up. Oh, for sure. The ability to just come to, to come to somebody as an imperfect person and be like, look, you know, I made a mistake and that's okay. And I'm okay. And you're okay. And we can keep moving forward. Um, I think sometimes we have this fear. I know even kids today, there's so much content and pressure to be perfect all the time. Right? Like, hello filters. What is like, that's not right. Like it's this perfect image all the time and it's impossible to achieve those standards. And so to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not perfect. That's okay. And I'm still Mm -hmm. valuable. Why the focus on women and children? Tell me a little bit about that. uh, For me, uh, it goes back to bullying. I, when I was in high school, uh, junior high school, actually, there was a kid I knew and he, uh, he was getting bullied all the time. And I was big for my age and, uh, everybody kind of knew me as a big quiet kid. So I stepped in and helped him out and it really felt good. It felt good to help somebody else out that was being bullied. And a big part of my classes teaching the kids was bullying. So I've never lost. And I think that's why I became a cop anyway, was to, to help people that couldn't help themselves in any, any type of situation. And that's why I was involved in so many things, like everything that I could be involved in, I, I was, because I wanted to be there to help people. Like cops can't be there all the time. And, and we, you know, police officers know that, the public knows it, but I wanted to be ready in case something happened. So when I came out here, um, women uh, are victims more than men. It's, it's a fact, a sad fact, and so are children. And uh, that's why I wanted to focus on that. Guys can take classes. They do all the time. They have that, you know, just the appearance. And it's, it's something that we need to work towards fixing, I think. So if I give 
women and children the tools to defend themselves. Then uh, moving forward, then hopefully it'll be a better day for everybody, right? Absolutely. And it's not just about firearm training. I mean, no, you not at all. do a variety of things, right? Well, I think as, as much as uh, there's a huge interest in firearms, um, I think, and my program is that there are steps that you should take before you get to that point. Nobody wants to shoot anybody. So if there are options you have before you even get to that point of drawing a pistol or, or, or another firearm, then that, that's what should be done. So we talk about situational awareness, like how to recognize a problem before it happens, how to talk to people, de-escalation techniques. We talk about open hand techniques, self-defense, and uh, less lethal options. You know, there are, there are many less lethal options that a lot of people, and a lot of people already know about them, but the bottom line is practice. So somebody will go and buy something and throw it in their purse or in their pocket and they never touch it. They just think it's going to work when they need it. Well, if you don't practice taking that out and using it, it's not going to be there when you need it or it's going to be used against you. It's not going to, it's going to be pointing the wrong way. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that we talk about before we even get to the firearm stage. And then in my program, if you want the firearm stage and we go through familiarization, learning about the, uh, the different types of firearms, uh, which one's best for you. And then we get the CCW, which you don't need in Arizona, but you know, it's good to have if you're traveling. And, uh, and then we talk about introducing firearms into the home. If you have children, many people do, and they have firearms, how do you introduce that firearm into the home and, and keep it safe? So you have this gun, where do you keep it? You throw it in a safe with the ammo separate. How is that going to help you if you need it in the event that somebody breaks in? How are you going to protect yourself and your family? So we talk about that, the different options that are available on how to store a gun, how to take care of it, maintenance, malfunctions, all the other stuff that goes with it that a lot of people don't think about. It's a big responsibility owning a firearm. And there are a lot of them out there. So we try to cover everything. It, it's really a huge responsibility. Um, you know, my husband and I were, were both firearm owners and we have a whole plan. If something were to happen at home, middle of the night, where's he going? Where am I going? Who's getting the kid? What's happening? And right. I, I, you know, Steve, I never thought to have that conversation with my husband until my mom and I took your class the other day. Right. And I started talking with him and I was like, you know, Steve was teaching us a couple of different things. And he was sharing that you're only as good as you had said you, the way you said it, it was perfect. Uh, your it lowest wasn't, It wasn't my line. I can't, yeah, I can't take credit for that line. It's, it's, uh, it's a line invented by uh, Colonel um, Grossman and it's in his book, but it, it's basically, you will not rise to the occasion of a bad situation. You will, you know, people, some people, like I said, some people think they have this item now for self-defense and that when something bad happens, it's just going to be there for them. Unless you train and practice with it, it's not. So you're not going to rise to the occasion. You're going to revert to your lowest level of training. The, the bipolar. So what exactly, for those who don't know, what exactly is a bipolar disorder and what type of obstacles does it create for you? 
I feel like this is one of the, so, you know, I mean, we're in this culture right now where it's this cancel culture, right? Where like, you can't make fun of anything, but I still will sit and watch a TV show and they'll make fun of like, oh my God, she's bipolar. Like, wait a minute. Why is that okay? Like, it's not okay to make fun of anything else, but you, st- you still see people having just a stigma towards it. Like there's just a huge stigma towards it still. And people don't know what it is. And a lot of people, I, I get upset because people think that like bitchy women who like, you know, change their mind a lot. Oh, they're bipolar. No, they're not. They're just a bitchy lady that changes their mind. Like bipolar is not what people think it is. Um, they right. think it is like where you get really angry or you're really mean, which some people, that is how it presents itself. Um, like Sherry, I know that you said your mom is bipolar. I, I don't know what experience you had with her, but it can be different from person to person. Um but for me, what it is, is basically like the way I like to explain it, it can be like, I can, everything in my life can be going completely wrong and I can be totally fine and like on par, fine, normal. Um, it's not, it's not caused by things happening. Like dep- my depression doesn't come when like something bad happens. It just comes out of the blue. Like I'll wake up one day and be like, holy shit, it's here. I know it's going to be here for X amount of days. I, it's usually about two weeks. Sometimes it's longer. Um, I have tried my entire life to fight against it and to say, no, I'm not going to get depressed. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do this. It's not something that I can fight against. Um, At 41, I finally, with my husband's help, realized like it's a chemical imbalance in my brain and it doesn't matter how much I want to feel better. I'm not going to feel better until my chemicals in my brain have regulated and then I'll feel better and I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically... I, there's, there are different types of bipolar disorder. There's bipolar one, which is where you have mostly mania. There's bipolar two, where you have like, it's called a hypomania. It's a little bit less of a manic um, state. And then there's, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like not otherwise specified bipolar disorder, where it's kind of like a gentler highs and lows. I have Mm -hmm. type one bipolar. Um, I have, I have mania. I do have depression too, but I mostly struggle with mania. Um, I've had it for 20 years and I would say in the last year and a half, I have figured out what it is. It's, it's complete, it's completely out of my control. There's, I can't control, I can treat it with medication. I can, um, I'm very vigilant about taking care of my healthcare. Like I go to bed at the same time every night. If I'm going to go to a party or something, like I know, like I could be screwed for four days after, like it could fuck me up if I go to bed at one o'clock in the morning. Like, right. I have to be extremely diligent about what I eat, about how I exercise. Um, I can't watch TV too late at night because my brain will just like kick in. Um, mania basically is what I describe it as. I feel like my body is full of electricity. Um, I am extremely uncomfortable in my body. Um, I, one way I explain it too is like, I don't know if you've ever looked at your floor and it's been dirty. You're like, I need to sweep that. It's like the pieces of dirt on my floor are jumping up and hitting me in the face and like, clean me, clean me, clean me. Like I have Um, to clean everything in my house. I have to do all the laundry. I have to get all the baseboards clean. Like it's just crazy. And it's not because I want to do those things. It's because like my brain is just firing so fast to like, my husband will be like, can you sit down? And I'm like, no, I literally cannot sit down. Like it takes over my brain it takes over my body um i i've been doing a lot better um i've got an awesome doctor i've been with her for five years and she's amazing and i've been doing a lot better and i had my first episode in a while a couple weeks ago and when it started happening i was so mad because i was like man 
it's been like eight months since I've had an episode. I've been doing so good. It just takes me out of my life completely. I lose days. Like I just, that's the only way I can explain it. I lose days because like, I'm not mentally, I'm in a different place mentally. Um, I have lost, not, I have not lost. I've quit probably 11 jobs. Um, and every time I have quit them, it's because I'm manic. Um, I go to work and I cannot be in one room. I have to leave. I can't do it. Like, it's like panic attack level anxiety. Um, and it's just, that's what mania feels like. You just can't be in one, you have to move. You can't be in one place. And I've gone into work and been like, bye and left. Um, and then, then like when my mania is over a week and a half later, I'm like, shit, I just quit my job. Like, yeah. what am I, it's bad. Like it's, it's bad. Um, and it's, like I said, I don't have a lot of control over it. Um, I have more now that I understand it, but when, especially when I was younger, it would just cut, it would just knock me out. I mean, it just, I've done things when I'm manic that I just, I'm like, what the hell? Like I would never do that, but your brain is not there. I'm a different person when that happens to me. Um, I am a very like even keel chill person. Um, I don't really get upset by much. I'm just very laid back, but but then I'm a different person for several days. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, I've tried, I tried twice to get disability for it. A lot of people do get disability for it. Um, I got, I got told no both times because I had such a, so much of a work, uh, work record. I've been working since I was 15. Um, so, but, but I'm thankful for that now because I think if I had gotten it, I wouldn't have pursued doing what I want to do now. Um, part of the reason why I wanted to have my own business is because, when I get hit with either a depression or a mania, I can't function. And I know that. And so I have missed so much work in the past. And it's like, you know what, rather than having to like, try to explain that, let me just be my own boss. And then if I'm having a day like that, I can call my clients and be like, Hey, can we do a virtual visit today? And I can still do it like from my house. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to do that too, is because it's just, it's just so much easier than having to try to like hide it. Hiding, hiding it is just hard. I've hidden it for so long and it's just been really hard. Yeah. And it just seems like it's much easier, much more smooth to work with it. Now that you know, you accept it. Hey, this is what I got to deal with. And now you're finding ways of working with it, which is, that's phenomenal. I mean, really and truly that's, that's a victory. Right. You came up with a solution and it sounds like because of, you know, the course of your lifetime, working out athletics. It's all something that's passionate to you, but also we all know that working out correlates with the chemicals in your brain and things like that. So I feel like you came up with a solution, not just, Hey, I'm being my own boss and I can change my day if I need to, but Hey, working out physically and mentally makes me feel better. And so that in itself is a solution to the problem. You know, you came up with something that works better for you, but then you can teach other people that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I want to teach it because it does boost your serotonin and it definitely helps. And even if I'm super, super manic, like I, one way that, you know, is you will see me, I'll be running my ass off. I'll be going like a six minute mile down the street. Cause I got to get it all out <laughs> and it helps. It gets some of that out. You know, it like, it helps me when I was doing when I, this last time that I had a manic episode, I was running down the street as fast as I could. And I probably look crazy because I feel crazy. And some man yelled out his window, are you going for the Olympics? And I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to get this shit out of my head. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely helpful. It definitely um, helps to regulate my illness. Jenny, Jessica, 
I'm going to tell you a little story about Jenny and I. So I was, I don't want to say I was like anti-politics because that's not true. I just didn't really pay attention and it just wasn't part of my, you know, day to day. And then I, I meet Jenny like a gazillion years ago and she is super into it. And she's like, she knows the candidates and she knows what's going on and she knows the topics on the table. And she started to get me really excited about it. So over the last couple of years, I've really taken a liking and, you know, started to dive into politics a little bit. Um, but Jenny and I were talking the other day, it's easy to know who the big, like the president and the vice president, like it's easy to know, okay, these are the hats that they wear. Here's what they're responsible for. Here's what they do. But when you bring that down to the local level, there are a lot of people that are wearing different hats that have different responsibilities at the local level that I don't know about you, Jenny and Sherry, but I had no dare I say, does that make me sound silly? Like I had no idea existed. And so we thank you so much, Jessica. Jessica with the city of Mesa is here with us today to give us a little politics 101 and share a bit about, you know, a little bit more in detail what those, those leaders do and what they're responsible for. So Jessica, it's all you girl, take it away. Well, thank you ladies for letting me join you today. Um, and I think to your point, you kind of don't realize everything that goes around you politically because we're all we're hearing these messages of president, vice president, all these big things. But um, the local level is really where it's at. And I'm slightly biased since I work here. <laughs> but um, the ability to affect change is really, really great at the local level. And it's so nice to share this message of how we learn how to do that. So I'm really excited to do that. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Oh. Didn't no. mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just going to share a little bit about myself, uh, my role at the city of Mesa. Uh, I'm a city council assistant, so I work directly for an elected uh, official. And Mesa is broken down into districts. Um, some cities are broken up into wards. Um, and then the elected official just really represents that geographic area within the community. So. Awesome. And you kind of are touching into what my first question is, and that's really like, what are the seats, first of all? So, I mean, we know we have the mayor, right? It's about as far as I go. I know there are other people under him, but like, take me from there. What is the mayor? What does he do? What's his deal? And then who's underneath him? Sure. So typically the mayor is going to be your um, non-district specific. So represent the entire community, city, town. Um, so they're represented, uh, they're elected at large. So for living in Mesa, anyone in Mesa can vote for the position of mayor when, when that position is up for election. Um, the council member level would just be below that. So then that's the region specific. So they represent a certain number um, in the population based on the census, which is going on this year too. So it's really important that we all complete that information because then we know how many people can be divided into these districts. So um, the council member then represents a very specific area in the community. Um, and they can only be uh, voted on by the people who live in that district. So we don't always vote for everybody, but um, when your uh, elected official's seat is open, then you get the opportunity to vote for them specifically, um, as opposed to the entire community voting for the mayor. So in Mesa, 
the form of government we have is a city management uh, mayor council form of government. So we vote for mayor and council, um, but then our city manager is underneath them and he is a hired position. So the council then hires that position. Everyone under the city manager is then um, managed by him or her. And they're not elected positions. So sort of like a tiered structure. If you think of your city employees, your city manager, your council members, your mayor. So. We, we were, were able to talk about, well, how did you sleep last night? And I'm noticing that you're not really focusing on your work because we have the kids home for school. Um, you're having a hard time focusing. Um, I'm noticing you're not eating any food because you're not hungry. And so mm. we were able to have conversations about that and just bring awareness to what, how what we eat makes us feel. So I just let them go for it. And, um, and I take pieces cause I like almond joys and, um, <laughs> and then we move on. <laughs> well, you have to be part of the, why don't I feel well discussion too. So you have to have your own samples, of course. Right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you gotta be a good player. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I totally get that. And, you know, at my house, we too, um, do our best to be as natural as possible, have as little chemicals and that kind of thing as possible. But honestly, when it's Christmas time, when it's Halloween time, when it's Valentine's, I let him do the same. I let my son, he have at it. Like, you know, it isn't every day. It's not even every month, to be honest. And, you know, I realize that it's probably not the greatest thing, but what's one day going to do where, you know, the stress and the, um, hurt feelings when you're a, a little kid, especially from not being able to partake in that stuff. Like what, what is that doing to them instead? You know what I mean? I kind of feel like that's worse. Mm -hmm. We also talk about too, um, in our conversations about how, um, how, because we, when we talk about affecting their sleep and how affecting their mood and how it's affecting how they, their, their body feels. We also talk about, um, and they won't believe me until like next week when this happens, <laughs> that um, it also affects our immune systems. Our, our immune systems, sugar completely suppresses our immune system. Um, I think it's like a teaspoon of sugar will suppress your immune system for six hours. And so think about how much candy you have and then ex you know, ex throw that out there. I mean, next week, I mean, we may be dealing with colds and um, and viruses just because our immune system just wasn't, it wasn't there. It's there, it but it was like, while the sugar is in the picture. So they don't believe me, but I, on the flip side, we've been boosting our vitamin C, our zinc, our, um, just what we do for immune support. And, um, you know, they're like, Ugh. I'm like, trust me, <laughs> it's going to help you in the long run. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. Huge yeah. point right there. Huge point. Kelly, if, if some of our listeners haven't met you before or didn't catch the uh, show that we did last season with you, can you just kind of get us up to speed? Tell us a little bit about who you are and why you do what you do. Yes. So uh, my name is Kelly and um, I live here in Arizona and I have a blog uh, website called olardi.com that I run with a friend of mine. And we originally started it to educate people on real food. And I'm sorry, my phone is making so much noise. Um, and transitioning to um, traditional foods and how to do that. 
and we wanted to show how easy it was. And real food is basically <laughs> food that is that nature provides. Um, it's when you look at your your labels, it's um, all ingredients that you know what they are. Um, all ingredients you can pronounce. Um, real, an egg. An egg is real food. Um, so showing people how to transition to that, swap out products for real products, and um, and then just how that that nourishes our our bodies, and we we really focused on the food portion you know teaching people how to ferment how to make foam broth at home i have chickens so um, we talk about that and then we started once we kind of were on a you know on the roll with that we were like you know it's also what it's not just what we're putting in our body but it's also um what we put on our bodies too really much you can do with california so definitely they need it Backing up to when you and Marty started Surprise Date Challenge, that there's more to it. Like you, you have learned some things throughout your lifetime about relationships that, like you said in the beginning, that weren't taught in school. And so tell me a little bit about that, because I'm assuming that, that some of those life lessons sort of play into this idea um, a, a little bit. Yes. You know, for, for sure. And it's so interesting how it's come full circle because uh, in my marriage, I had gone, went to my husband and even said, I feel like we're business partners. We are in the business of raising two kids and we're not really, I don't, I feel like we've lost our romantic connection. And I wasn't really sure why or how that happened. And we even had on-site childcare. So my in-laws lived in our guest house and would watch our kids. So we had, it wasn't even babysitting issue. We didn't have to drop them off anywhere. You know, it was great. And so it really was, and it wasn't that we didn't love each other or care about each other. We just got really busy with life and we forgot to date each other. So it was really interesting, but it, even, even with that experience, I think moving forward into new relationships, that wasn't something that really was at the forefront until, you know, Marty came into my life and this was his idea and we started practicing it. And I realized how much it enhanced our relationship and kept things exciting and passionate. And then, and then just realizing that I'm sure that we weren't the only couple that got divorced because we stopped dating each other. And when you stop dating each other, you lose that affinity for one another, I think. And so doing these experiences, unique experiences, fills up that love bank account. So if, if think of it as putting a deposit, you know, when your husband, if he, you know, said to you, Katie, be ready today at six o'clock and wear a blonde wig and this is what you should wear. And then he takes you out to dinner. And, and even if it's just a regular dinner, but you're wearing, you're like incognito or, you know, you're doing something different together. Or if he came home and said, I have a surprise date plan for you and he had like flowers shipped to your house and you were going to create a floral arrangement together, whatever it may be, that he took the time to think about you and plan something that you might enjoy. It's, it's like putting money in the bank. It's building those reserves because eventually he's going to probably do something stupid or, or you might, that is going to irritate each other. And then, and then you need to have money in there because then it's going to, otherwise your, your account will be overdrawn. And that's when people get divorced, right? 
but it also was affecting my mental health severely. Um, I was having really intense OCD and I had been dealing with that for four years. Um, I had postpartum OCD now knowing I've had OCD for 20 years. <laughs> um, so I, all of that just got really intense, the OCD, the anxiety, and it culminated in me getting, seeking some mental health support, um, but also hoping that that mental health support in an inpatient setting would address my physical health as well, because it got to like a crisis situation, what it felt like crisis to me. Honestly, it wasn't, wasn't as bad. See, this is so raw to talk about, but I talk about it because crazily enough, as weird and as off base and how much shame my story gave me, the more I started to talk about it, like there are actually women in communities that I'm in, like Facebook groups and things like that, where their story almost identically mirrors my story, which is heartbreaking. And it made me so angry. <laughs> um, because as I was seeking this support, um, I thought that the care would be able to provide support for my physical health and my mental health. Cause I kept saying like, this is connected. I know, <laughs> I know something is wrong. <laughs> like, I know that my OCD is out of control. I know that I'm so anxious. Like that I can barely function, <laughs> but my body is also breaking down. I can't walk the way I used to. Like I can't take care of my kids the way I want to. Um, and in that kind of experience, we found out that um, I actually was having a thyroid storm or thyroid toxicosis, and the place where I was getting treatment missed it. Um, they actually found it and didn't treat it appropriately. And so I went home like on lots of interventions <laughs> um, to address the psychological components, but very little, almost nothing, um, to support the actual root cause, which was I was having a thyroid storm, <laughs> which is really bad. Like, it's really crazy. So I came home and did a lot of digging to figure out what was wrong, eventually found it, eventually found a doctor who was like, mortified that this had happened, but also said in the same breath, this is very common. It's very common for people to find themselves in like a mental health setting for an issue like this. And that to me, I was like, wait, what? How is that? I guess common in the sense of like, it's happened before. That's enough common for me. Um, yeah. And um, so anyway, that seemed insane, right? That seems like this insane story, but it really sparked staying here, mama, because I remember sitting in the Chick-fil-A with my friend <laughs> and our kids just playing around the Chick-fil-A and me just sitting there and being so enraged <laughs> that this happened, but also so numb about it and just being like, I can't let this happen anymore. This can't happen again to more women. Like, and that's where I am. So that's so, like the raw part of my story. Hopefully it gets less intense after this. <laughs> today's technology, everything at their fingertips, there's so much stimulation. There's so much constant everything is on and so i think that's huge and it's very different than what we experienced in our transition and so i think that targeting the parents is really ideal because if we don't know how to parent in today's world with everything um you know then we're not equipped either 
to help them in that transition. So I think that's really important. And I've actually been telling Katie and Jenny all week that like I'm stressed out about the whole school computers. My kids are still doing virtual school. Um, in person isn't an option for them. But normally my computers, I have like parent safety on everything. Well, the school computers, I can't do that. And I found my oldest on YouTube, you know, and it wasn't anything like terrible, but it was, she was supposed to be doing homework. And so it's a distraction, um, you know, and with administrative properties on their computers, I didn't have any parental control. So I think that's huge. Them understanding what boundaries are there to help them be the person that they want to be, even if it's not what mom wants you to be or whatever, that's huge. Hey, everybody, Katie here again. That was awesome, wasn't it? Can you believe how many amazing guests we have had throughout this past season? I sure can't, and I was there for every single one of them. If you are interested in becoming a guest on the show, please follow Mom Nation on Facebook or Instagram or, or, or YouTube. Our handle is at Mom Nation USA. Please give us a like and send us a message on any one of those platforms, and we'll be happy to chat with you and get you scheduled for a future show. Please, while you're at it, visit your favorite podcast platform. Maybe it's iTunes, maybe it's Google Podcasts, and subscribe to us, subscribe to Mom Nation Unscripted, download our episodes, and please give us a rating. It will really help us get this information, get these shows out to the masses. If you have any friends, family members, or you know a lady that could use a little bit of inspiration, please share the show as well. That's really what it's meant for. Thank you guys so much. It's been a phenomenal season and we are welcoming back season five in about a month. So stay tuned because we do have some pretty juicy, um, I was going to say juicy information. We always have juicy information, but we have a pretty juicy announcement and um, we're actually changing the name of the show. And there's a whole story as to why we're doing that. So we're looking forward to sharing that with you in season five. And that is going to be in a couple of weeks, going to be about in the middle of May. So stay tuned, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Moms with aspiration. Moms are inspirations. Moms in circulation. Moms at their workstations. Moms, they make a nation. Moms, this is a mom nation.